What's up, folks? Welcome to Outside Perspective with me, Adam Meredith. I have a great podcast for you today, and I am so excited to share it. Before I do, do me a favor. If you haven't, please, please, please go leave a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. I need a five-star Apple Podcast rating and review. If you're listening on another platform, please still leave, um, I don't know, a like or if uh, if you can leave a review, I'm, a, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with every pot, uh, platform out there um, that it may be on. I know once you distribute a podcast onto Apple Podcasts, it distributes that to several other platforms, all of which I can't remember on top of my head. And being that I use Apple, I'm not crazy familiar with, I don't really use Spotify, I don't really use Stitcher, iHeartRadio. I'm not really 100% positive with all of those platforms. So either way, you can leave a review or a like. Uh, if you can subscribe, if you haven't, some people do listen and don't subscribe. So please do that. These all things, all of these things help. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about CBD. It's the fad, not the fad, but it's definitely the craze. It is something that is coming, that it's something that a lot of people are becoming aware of, and you're seeing more and more literature on it, and you're just hearing more and more conversations being had. And at least here in the Midwest, in Missouri, we are usually pretty late to get things. So I'm having a lot of conversations with people who are just very unaware and uneducated on the subject. And, uh, I want to help you guys out, so I'll be doing more and more talking on it, but I want to tell you guys about my friends over at C or at Jombo Superfoods. You can check them out at Jombo CBD. This is where I like to get all of my CBD products, and what is CBD? It's cannabidol. It's one of many cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant. This is just one of them. There are over 100, I want to say 113, I do believe, but I could have that number wrong. Uh, there are quite a few cannabinoids, and this one has been shown to have a ton, a whole host, a wealth of medicinal benefits. Since It is an adaptogen, and when you explain an adaptogen, kind of, or at least whenever I explain this particular one, I almost feel like, it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. This this compound has a lot of medicinal benefits and it has been shown to help with inflammation and anxiety and depression. Um, it has been shown to help people with seizures. It has, man, it helps me sleep. I take CBD before I go to bed. It helps me sleep. I use a muscle bomb from Jumbo Superfoods that is the bomb. Uh, they have a 100 milligram and a 200 milligram extra strength, extra strength, with menthol, and it's phenomenal, man. I t I tweaked my neck doing jujitsu. We have a tournament coming up, uh, Fuji, uh, here in St. Louis. It is the Missouri State Fuji tournament, and I was rolling the other day training for it. My fucking neck, man, it was just so sore afterwards, which. Sometimes it's, you know that that does it definitely happens in jujitsu. Man, I get home, 
You know, I shower, nice hot shower. I put on coconut oil because I don't like to put fucking chemicals on my skin, which is why it's very important to use uh, high-quality products when you are putting things on your skin, like Jumbo Superfood. So I put coconut oil on. I don't use lotion. And then afterwards, I put on some uh, some Jumbo uh, Muscle Balm. I put it on my neck. I put it on my shoulders, my fingers. And, man, before bed, it makes me feel fucking amazing i love it i think you guys would get a ton of benefit from it as well go check them out they have uh, they have a ton of products uh drops for yourself and your dog or your cat or your just your pet they have pet drops um lip balms muscle balms geese for your coffee go over to jombocbd.com you can use the code i will at checkout and save 10 percent you will not be disappointed so Go check them out. Again, use code IWILL at checkout and you will save 10%. That's jombocbd.com. My guest today, man, I'm so pumped to to sit down with her. Her name is Nina Iden, and she has a story that I have wanted to share with you guys for quite some time, and I'm actually glad we are doing it now as opposed to earlier, so little backstory podcasting is amazing because you just man i've met so many amazing people in just the short amount of time that i've been doing this and it's really cool whenever you talk to somebody and if maybe they know somebody interesting they'll be like yeah man you should you should have this you know such and such and actually in all honesty people always try to recommend to have somebody on the podcast or uh you know, because for one reason or another, but, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good conversation, and, you know, you can't sit down with everybody, but this person was recommended to uh, to, to be on the podcast by uh, Matt Madison, who was uh, on an earlier episode, I believe it's episode 16, uh, that, was a, that was a good time, and uh, he, he made me aware of her on Facebook, and... Uh, I checked out her profile, and I was like, shit, man, this is a story that 100% needs to be told. I, I wasn't aware of of the things that she's been dealing with. I had never heard of it, and uh, I reached out to her, and we were supposed to do a podcast earlier. That one fell through. Uh, again, I'm glad it did because I've done I don't know how many podcasts since then, and I'm a lot better at it. And the podcast has grown, so I know more people will hear it. So this is it was just I'm really excited to to sit down with Nina. She lives in Chicago, so I, I took a trip up there, and, uh, and I got to sit down with her, and I uh, did another podcast while I was up there and, and caught up with some friends. So it was a really great time. She has been – she has been – I'm trying to think of the words, but she has been working through a condition called topical steroid withdrawal. And I say working through because after the conversation we had, you know, from from what I understood that everybody does heal from from this, but hers is one of the most severe cases out there and this has been going on for, you know, over 5 years, so and her most recent flare-up has been over a year straight. So I say she's, you know, she's working through it because 
I know it may not feel like it, but there is, you know, there is hope on the other side for her, for Nina. And Nina, if you're listening, there is hope. Um, but man, it it uh, it definitely puts things in perspective for you. And I'm really, I'm, I'm so thankful that I got to sit down with her and connect with her. And uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation as well. By far, one of the the conversations that I was looking forward to having to the most. And uh, man, I I have these conversations, and immediately afterwards, we all do this, right? Whether it's a job interview or you're talking to somebody or whatever the case is, you leave the situation and you think of all these other things that you could have asked or could have said or start. At least I fucking I obsess sometimes about the things that I said. You know, sometimes things come out clunky, and I you know I'll 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 actually I'll be in the shower talking to myself because I'll be practicing those things so I, in the future I can say things smoother and cleaner uh, and. There is one part of the conversation. I'm pretty sure I said some of the dumbest shit. Now, I don't I, honestly. I don't go back and listen to all these these conversations. I just don't have time to do that, especially at the rate that I'm producing these. So, I'm pretty sure I said something in there about testosterone creams and steroid. I, we were talking about steroid creams, and I linked that to testosterone and little girls. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about, but. I was thinking about that. I'm just like, dude, you're a dumbass. Like, what? <laughs> Sometimes you just say stupid shit that doesn't make any sense. And I'm pretty sure I did. And uh, I don't think Nina corrected me. She probably looked at me and thought I was an idiot. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's probably nothing. It may be nothing. And I could just be blown out, out of proportion because I'm a human and I'm an idiot. And I do things like that sometimes. But either way, you guys are going to love this conversation. Here we go. Check it out. Okay. All right. Nina Iden. Yes. There we go. How are you today? I am all right. You know, could be better. Could be worse. Could, <laughs> could always be worse. Could yeah. always be worse. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's warmer today. Here in Chicago, in the Chicago area. It is. It was super cold the last two days. Yeah, yeah. Um, in St. I mean, in St. Louis as well, it was freezing. So, um, whenever I saw like what the weather was, I've never been. I've only been to Chicago one time, and uh, it was during the summertime, and it was it was a great experience. But everybody talks about how cold it is here, and how cold it's been. Obviously, <laughs> these last few days, it's been colder than most. Um, but. I wanted to start there because you made an interesting post. Like so we're here oh. to we're here to talk about TSW and Cradle, but you made an interesting post, so I had I had to start there. Um about the cold. Why, yeah. why don't you share that? Um Yeah, so um the whole cold thing and saying people like complain about how cold the weather was and stuff kinda of brought back uh childhood memories <laughs> yeah. for me and uh I was born in Bosnia, so I lived through the entire uh, four-year Yugoslavian war there when I was little. Yeah. Um, I was two to four or two to six years old at the time, so I don't remember much, but I get, like, flashbacks and things like that, and then I have to ask my parents if it really happened. Yeah. Uh, but it just reminded me of um, 
people complaining about those things and uh those entire four years we didn't have electricity or heat gas yeah very minimal food no water i mean just yeah you know um so i just kind of made a post telling people that they should you know be grateful to have a roof over their over their head and food and heat and things like that because um the winters over there in sarajevo where i lived were pretty similar to chicago actually so it would get really cold so you can imagine you know what the winter would be like right um over there with no heat so we had to yeah my dad was i actually don't remember this part but my dad was telling me how um we would literally uh have to makeshift like little heaters out of cans and metal and stuff like that and then go chop down trees and then once all the trees were gone around the building uh we would burn everything inside the house so you know, it, like window frames, tiles, carpet, books, anything that would burn. belongings, anything. Yeah. Yeah, and we were just left with, you know, four walls and just kind of slept on the ground. and. Yeah. So it was, you know, just kind of brought back those memories. Like, you know, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> so. man, it's, it's definitely good to keep it in perspective. Yeah. So, so perspective. Yeah, it's probably hard to remember certain events, but, I mean, do you remember, like, what did it feel like kind of being in that environment? I mean, it's a war zone. Do you kind of remember how that made you feel? or? Uh, I remember some, I have some p- fairly vivid memories. Yeah. Uh, but, like, for example, one of them is... Um, I was standing at the window trying to look outside, and my brother is, he's six years older than me, but he was, like, sitting on the desk doing homework or something, Yeah. and he suddenly just told me, Nina, get down, and as soon as I got down from the window, a shell fell right in front of the building, and bullets just went flying everywhere, including our window, so it was just, like, that split second just, you know, saved my life. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we spent some time in just a cold, dark basement when things would be really rough. And I have another memory of, uh, running across an airport field. Um, and literally the entire city is surrounded by, um, by hills. So it would be snipers on all the hills Yeah. surrounding it. And you would have to run across to dodge, uh, bullets to dodge the snipers and, I was really young, so um, it was just me and my brother and my mom at the time because my dad was in the army. Uh, but anyway, this r- random guy saw obviously that you know my mom was alone with two children, and he picked me up and ran me across because I couldn't run fast enough. I was really little. Yeah. So certain events like that, and I remember being in the hospital for quite some time when I was four years old. Uh, I weighed was very malnourished, so I weighed about nine pounds when I was four years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, everybody was pretty much just waiting for me to die at that point because nobody could do anything. I had, you know, the classic, like, big tummy from water retention. Yeah, it's like a skeleton. Yeah, so were you you bedridden at that time, I'd imagine, or were you able to do much? No, I couldn't walk at all. Uh, at that time because my ankles were swollen too from all the water retention yeah so I remember just kind of spending those that time in the hospital and nobody could do anything really Mm -hmm. Uh, but 
thankfully we had a friend who had moved out to Germany during the war and he sent some like powdered milk and bananas and yeah that pretty much saved my life so oh wow because the UN packages that we were getting was just like not nutritious enough for a child that young yeah what kind of stuff came in those packages it was like you could get like frozen peas or like rice um you would be super lucky if you got like a tiny little bit of peanut butter or something like that was you know like a huge thing for us yeah it's a treat um so it was you know that's basically what we survived on so oh wow so when did you make your way to the states um so we lived through the whole war and then we lived in sarajevo still for four years after the war okay and then moved here in 2000 so i was 10 years old when you were 10 you moved here yeah okay wow so after the war what was it what was it like still kind of like being in that environment because i imagine everything's being rebuilt uh yeah at that time everything was still pretty bad um you know the country obviously had to get money to rebuild right. stuff it was, I mean, we were living in poverty pretty much. My parents were working and not getting paychecks. And yeah, uh, we're, we were getting evicted from, you know, our apartment. So that's kind of, my aunt had moved here in like 1997 or something. So she was the one that helped us um, get over here. So. No, oh, okay. Is that uh, like, is that your your dad's sister or your mom's sister? Uh, my mom's mom. half sister. Oh, okay, man. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, you made that post. I'm like, I'm like, shit, man. Like it. Uh, it definitely puts things in perspective, right? I mean, there are a lot yeah. of people that uh, don't have a lot or have a whole lot harder situation than than your own. Absolutely, and I I think th- I mean that's, you know, not to invalidate anybody else's pain and stuff they're going through obviously you know yeah um but it was just something to it just i just felt like i should post that to just give people some perspective on yeah you know how bad it could be because people are like oh my god it's cold and i'm like well you have your heat and your yeah you, you know you probably have a car and you know I mean, if you're on facebook things. right now making this post then right. you probably have more than you know, like you're not sleeping on the street right now exactly so yeah i just thought i would give some people some perspective you know because gratitude is important in yeah. life in yeah. general so. it really is do you have like a, a gratitude practice that you like to do um i usually i don't do like journaling or anything like that mm-hmm. very much um usually when i wake up in the morning though i will like say to myself like at least three things that i'm um, grateful for so even when i was you know really physically ill it would be like even something as small as just being able to move a pinky you know like a finger yeah so anything i usually i try to you know while i'm laying in bed before i get up kind of just like go over those things and then sometimes at night too like yeah you know i'm grateful to have you know food now and all these things that i you know didn't have when i was younger so yeah yeah i find that really helps um i try to just say things that I'm grateful for, like three to five things in the morning, like when I'm brushing my teeth or uh, I'm just I'm just up, just do it, like just movement or I'm running or something. Yeah. I'm just really thinking. Um, I found that really, d- it definitely helps because there's so many, uh, so many things that we just take for granted. 
There absolutely is, especially in this day and age. It's like everything is kind of available to everybody. You know, we live in yeah. the age of information and everything is just kind of Everything's instant. instant. Yeah, yeah, right now. So it's like you could get whatever you want right now. And, you know, things didn't used to be like that. So, I mean, I think um, journaling would probably help more and actually... Yeah. writing things down but it still helps to kind of go over it in your head and um helps kind of your mindset at least to yeah i keep i keep thinking about the idea of journaling but i still haven't committed either yeah um my in high school i had a coach who made us journal for i don't know maybe like six weeks or so during um wrestling season and i've looked i went back and i've read those it's kind of interesting to to go back and and read my my writing from what it was like 2005 2006 so um I, I think about that like moving forward it'd be cool to like if, if i did do that now i should just commit start doing that now yeah. so that way in the future i can i can look back on that maybe and read and, and kind of see see the progression i think that'd be kind of cool but um yeah just to get the thoughts out there yeah i used to um write a lot when i was in my teenage years so about 2005 2006 the same time pretty much Uh, I used to write a lot of poetry and just like prose and things like that so I still have like some of my notebooks that yeah that I used so it is really interesting to look back and be like oh I was you know in such a different stage at that point in my life than I am now you know time capsule but it really does help especially if you're you know going through something difficult or you know some kind of hardship that helps to just get it out there so you're not you know bottling it up inside and I really need to commit to it too but you know I just sometimes <laughs> and people keep telling me that I need to write a book about all my experiences and yeah I just kind of usually lack the um, inspiration and motivation but I kind of have a feeling it might happen one day so yeah one day yeah a mythical creature I do I mean I do like even now, sometimes, you know, I'll think of something and just, like, type it in my phone. Yeah. Or, but it's usually just, like, random kind of, you know, rantings and, like, yeah. prose type yeah. of writing. But eventually it could be put into, like, some yeah. sort of memoir, you Maybe know. Maybe like, so. a blog. There's no real format um, as far as length or anything like that. You can just, it's a place that you can get your thoughts out there published. Yeah, I actually, I have one that's private on um wordpress but i didn't commit to it so like i wrote a few posts and then just kind of stopped yeah Uh, so and i was going to um through my health and healing journey i was going to do a blog but it was just too difficult yeah i imagine when you're trying to heal you know yeah um i i mean i literally couldn't do anything by myself the first couple years so um I didn't do a written blog. That's why I did um, YouTube videos yeah, right. to kind of record it. Yeah. But, you know, maybe soon I'll be able to commit to something more. <laughs> well, I mean, you're doing the YouTube videos. I mean, so that's great, at least. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's some, you're, you're sharing your story in a way that, you know, you are able to. Um, so yeah. this is a perfect time to segue into that, right? So Yeah. Um, I don't know if we should start with telling people what TSW is or if we should just start like at the beginning of your story with it. 
let's let's just start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning for you. So beginning of the story. Yeah. So just like take take me back to your story a little bit. Actually, no. Let's do let's do TSW. So what is TSW? Let's explain that to people. Okay. And then we'll go back to your story. All right. So TSW stands for topical steroid withdrawal. So it is an iatrogenic condition, meaning it was caused by the use of the medical treatment. Um, so it was you. It was caused by the use of topical steroids. Steroids. You're treated which, with steroids for like a rash. Yeah. Okay. Um. So a lot of people steroids are given so often now for like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Whether they're oral or topical, but um. So basically, it's an entire new condition that develops from your original. I mean, you know, you had possibly eczema or psoriasis that you were using the topical steroids for. Yeah. But then this causes an entire new condition, and it goes by a few names, Redskin syndrome, um, steroid-induced eczema. Yeah. So it's a completely different condition than the original one that you were trying to treat is. Okay. So is is it also autoimmune linked then is it is that what it is it would it fall under that autoimmune category no um it's literally a would i mean it is literally a withdrawal but not the way that you would i mean sort of the way you would think of any drug withdrawal mm-hmm. except it's physical yeah so your skin literally becomes addicted to the topical steroids and then when it doesn't get it it starts to burn and gets oh, red and yeah you know things like that so it has that reaction of just like you know any addict would have that mm-hmm. you know the need to use it so right. it's the same thing except it's happening to your skin right so it's a little bit um you know that's that's why the terms topical steroid addiction and topical steroid withdrawal that's kind of where those terms come in but yeah so if you if you did apply topical steroids right now it would it would help as far as with like maybe some of the pain but i imagine like temporarily right it would help to some extent and then as soon as i stopped it would rebound and if i did it right now it would literally take me back to square one Mm -hmm. so all these years of healing would be for nothing nothing. yeah yeah i completely and there's no like set time frame as far as what the healing process can be for this there isn't too much research on it the mo there there is some like case studies out there and things like that the doctor that originally really came out publicly with it usually says up to five years but there is people who um, struggle with it longer so i'm going to have five years in june this year so i'm kind of getting close to that timeline but there is people who struggle with it a lot longer than that really so okay so when so when did when did it start for you what was what was what were the circumstances like how, what happened? tell me your story all right so kind of a long story but <laughs> that's what we're here for let's let's uh let's go through it yeah. i may I may pause you and ask some questions along no, the way that's but fine. Let's, um yeah. yeah so when i was 10 so that was the year that we moved back and or the year that we moved to the United States. Right. So when you moved here, where where did you move to exactly in the States? Uh, Naperville. So okay. I was here in the Chicagoland area, just okay. like I am now. Okay. <laughs> so I haven't moved much. Well, it's a big spot, so. Uh, yeah. 
so yeah, we moved here and that same year I got like a rash under my armpit that looked pretty bad. Um, so my mom took me to the doctor and that was the first time that I was prescribed, um, a steroid cream, which was a little bit of a higher potency hydrocortisone cream. So mm-hmm. just like you can buy over the counter, but right. just a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I used that, it helped and it helped for many years. Um, but then the rash kind of started spreading into different places and then I would have to use, you know, go back and get different steroids and, yeah, um, they would increase the potency of whatever I was using. And, um, one of the turning point, one of the big turning points I would say was, when I turned 17, I had lo- I lost all my hair suddenly. Uh, it just came out in huge patches, and I ended up shaving it and wearing a wig because I was really self-conscious. Oh, yeah. Obviously, as a 17-year-old girl, you're... It's, being 17 is hard enough. Right. Yeah. So that was pretty shocking um, for that to happen, and they diagnosed it as alopecia, which is an autoimmune disorder, mm-hmm. but they didn't really know the cause. They didn't know, you know right. what was going on. So, um, so I lost my hair then, like I said, I wore a wig, you know, for a year and my hair came back eventually after a year and a half or so. Yeah. And that was kind of a turning point because after that, um, well, that, that was the first time that I was prescribed oral steroids. So when my hair started falling out, they prescribed me, like, oral steroids and immunosuppressants um, to try to stop the um, the hair loss. Mm-hmm. And those things call, caused, like, huge side effects for yeah. me. And, yeah, because they're just, I mean, they're just throwing everything at you that they can think right, of. They exactly. don't really know exactly what they're treating. They're they just... had no idea. And... Um, so they're then, treating symptoms, not not the cause. Right, it's just the, a band aid, you yeah. know, and then it, you're not treating the root cause, so obviously it's going to keep happening in right. some way or another. And my health just continued to get worse. I graduated from high school at 17 that same year, um, a year early, and then um, started going to community college, and my health just started deteriorating um i had red spots all over my body yeah and was continuing to use the steroids and then would sometimes have to go on oral steroids to clear it up because um the topicals just weren't enough anymore right meanwhile you're probably extremely stressed right so you have all oh, this stress and anxiety which is which can manifest physically oh, as well i'd imagine it definitely is a kind of a cycle you know creates right. one kind of perpetrates the other yeah so um then let me see i moved to south carolina with um an ex-boyfriend of mine in like 2011 or something like that um so when i was like 21 22 ish um and that was when my skin got like really really bad and i was just covered like almost head to toe yeah and just burning red that just didn't look like even normal eczema and i think that's when i developed um red skin syndrome that's when already the addiction had started to the 
to the yeah. creams. Um, so the creams had stopped working. I started having all these other health issues. I was constantly in and out of the hospital with kidney infections, like liver issues, stomach issues, um, all sorts of things, you know, just chronic infection, just it, it was just completely miserable. I was in and out all the time. Right. I was failing classes in college because I couldn't yeah. show up and, you know, I was dropping out and wasted a lot of money, you know, unfortunately trying to get a degree because I just was not healthy enough to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of the breaking point happened um, when I had my first seizure um so i was already having all these health issues my skin was awful uh i went to mayo clinic even to try to get help in jacksonville while i was living in south carolina and mm-hmm. they just gave me more steroids right i mean that's the protocol right i mean these right. doctors they're not usually um educated on anything other than just like symptom treatment you know what i mean that's the issue and that's why i've gotten a lot more into like alternative care now and natural healing and stuff since i started this yeah yeah Um, the pharmacy model um it's just not it's not sustainable no absolutely not i mean you know western medicine kind of puts everybody into you know one box and it's not individualized and everybody reacts a different way and they never usually get to the root of the cause so right you know all these years it was probably over a decade that you know i was going through all this and nobody knew what was going on i was getting tested for cancer i was getting tested for lupus for Mm -hmm. other autoimmune disorders and just all these different things, you know, I, I literally have probably gone to like 50 dermatologists. Like that's how, you know, crazy and bad it was. And everybody would just give me the creams and just the, the one important thing to know is that they would just tell me to apply however much I wanted. Yeah. Whenever I wanted. Yeah. Literally. So, you know, I never, knew that you're only supposed to use it for five or seven days, you know, that that you could create. I mean, they would yeah. tell you that it can thin your skin. Yeah. But they wouldn't – this condition was never mentioned, and it most doctors don't know about it. So it's yeah. not entirely, you know, their fault um, because they just weren't taught it in right. school, you know, so they don't know. Right. Well, I mean, and the thing about this is, especially with health, we're learning so much all the time, um, and, and there's there's new science being published constantly, and the things that these doctors are learning is, one, usually a little bit outdated um, just by the time it, it actually gets into the curriculum for these people. And then, and then too, they don't really, they don't look at like a holistic approach, like right. approach, right? They don't look at, you know, do we, do we address, um, some lifestyle and some diet changes to, Absolutely. to help with an autoimmune disorder, right? Are you eating something that's causing a lot of inflammation and that you maybe, right. uh, maybe you, uh, you are allergic to possibly, you know, who knows? Like, are mm-hmm. we, are we getting the blood work done to see? And a lot of these doctors aren't taking that time because I mean, they're seeing, I mean, they're loaded down with debt, right? Oh, yeah. And now they have to see X amount of patients in a day. And it's just, it just creates this vicious cycle to where it's not really like a healthcare system. It's like a sick management system. Absolutely. And not to even mention the fact that, you know, doctors make money off of drugs with, you yeah. know, um, 
pharma, big pharma lobbyists and such, which, you know, I'm very, um, you know, I spent uh, a couple of years really trying to get rid of that anger that I had inside of me from, you know, what they did to me because it was like, those are the people that you're supposed to trust, doctors, you know, and yeah, and they created this whole, and it's completely preventable. That's that's yeah. the that's that's the craziest part is this condition. Nobody should be going through it. Most you know? conditions are preventable. That's, that's the thing. That's true too, and yeah. um, it just you know they don't Western medicine just lacks so much, and they don't look at the person as a whole. You know, the treating the mental, the spiritual emotional all these things work together right. you know for the individual person and unfortunately you know i learned all of this the hard way but yeah. you know it did help me grow and learn and you know now my lifestyle is completely different than you know it was before but um so let's get back to my um how i got into this um let me think. So, yeah, so the first time um, I was working in, like, a sandwich place in South Carolina. Um, yeah. And I was at work one day, and I went to the bathroom, and I actually felt my arm, like, moving back uncontrollably. Yeah. And I had no idea what was about to happen, but I had a seizure um, while I was on the toilet. Oh, wow. And I hit my head, like twice going down um and was unconscious so somebody found me one of the customers i think found me just hanging out of the stall unconscious and uh suddenly i i was sitting on the patio and i was so confused because this co-worker of mine was sitting across from me and she's like telling me the paramedics are on their way and i'm like what do you mean why like you have no recollection of even what just happened i thought that I went to the bathroom and then went on my lunch break because I usually sat on the patio. Yeah. At, like, the same exact spot. So yeah. I thought I was just, like, sitting on my lunch break, you Yeah. Know? And so I was super confused. So, you yeah. know, the paramedics got there. You feel like you're kind of, like, in a dreamy state. It's crazy. You really don't recall, like, any of it. Yeah. So it's it was, you know, it was shocking for me the first time, and it was a grand mal seizure, so... Uh, pretty severe and a grandma seizure yeah. what does that mean um the basically means when your whole body goes out of control so oh. you're completely seizing oh, okay. like your entire body is yeah. just shaking yeah you just and, everything you know. just shut down yeah yeah um so i was taken to the hospital i had another seizure um on the bed there in the hospital bed that necessitated um benzodiazepine in my iv to control it and um, at that point, I realized uh, I can't do this alone here anymore in yeah. this state, and I need help. And so I literally bought a ticket right away to come back home to my parents yeah. um, because it was like it got to the point where it was yeah. just unmanageable. Couldn't do it on my own. You know, I mean, I had... Um, you know, a boyfriend there and a couple of friends, but, you know, it's different with family, Yeah, obviously. family's a different support system, for right. sure. And I had gotten to the point where I was, I weighed, like, 90 pounds. Um, I was, like, skin and bone at that point because I was so um, unhealthy. Yeah. So I just bought a ticket, 
within like three days and just packed a suitcase and left like most of my stuff there and just flew back here yeah um, to move back so during this time like what what was your lifestyle like i mean did you like were you did you not sleep a lot were you on like uh what what kind of things were you eating like what was your general lifestyle like during that time um well at that time i was not i mean I wasn't aware of how bad, like, processed foods and things like that are. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that I was eating, like, completely unhealthy, but I I wasn't You you were working at a sandwich shop. I imagine you were probably eating some stuff there. Right. Right, yeah. So, at that, you know, at that time, I was just, I was on, like, 10 or 11 or 12 different prescriptions at that time already. Mm -hmm. Like, a ridiculous amount, right? So, um... And I, you know, I didn't understand then, you know, I was still in my younger years. Like, yeah. So I didn't really delve into like how, how important diet is and oh, how yeah. important, you know, all these different things are. So I was just kind of following the doctor's orders. So yeah. I was kind of just trusting them to. Yeah. And, it's, to and if it's an me. older doctor, then who knows what information they're using. Oh yeah. You they. Know, there's a just this huge period of just misinformation about health. I mean, I grew up in that. So, I mean, I grew up for, to a very rural family in Missouri, like on yeah. like a back like dirt road. And like we ate, they had a lot of white bread and sandwiches and um, just not a very healthy um, way of eating by any stretch of the imagination. They, I mean, they eat out a lot. But growing up, I mean, if that's all you know. I mean, that's all you know. Right. You know what I mean? It's just that's just how you eat. Exactly. And, and then you hear all this other, you know, this stuff like, you know, you don't want a lot of salt and you don't want a lot of fat and like don't eat this and don't eat that. But in meanwhile, these things that they're telling you to eat is really like causing disease. Exactly. You, know, you just don't know any better. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly had no clue at that time. You know, I did not delve deep into diet and natural healing and even herbal stuff until um i figured out that i had tsw so that was when i really started to learn about plants and i was fascinated with i yeah. started becoming fascinated with like natural healing and mm-hmm. plant healing and um this is like when you that. had came, you had come back from south carolina yeah so when i came back from south carolina i worked um i got a job at the same place that my mom worked and i worked there for um like a year or so and my health was still bad. I was having seizures at work, like in the middle of the production floor. I would just drop and have a seizure and um, constantly being taken to the ER by the paramedics. So my health was awful. Um, topical steroids completely stopped working. So mm-hmm. I was constantly having to go to the doctor to get high doses of oral steroids to yeah. manage my skin at all. So completely blown up at that point. Um, I started to get completely hopeless um, about my life. I was in one of the darkest places I've ever been in my life. I did not want to live anymore. I, I just did not see any light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Because, you know, I was going to all these different doctors and nobody knew what was going on so you know in my mind it was like if nobody knows how am i gonna fix it you know right. how am it i gonna get better right so i um in the beginning of 2014 i was admitted 
between January and June of 2014, I was admitted into psych inpatient three times within that period um, for suicidal ideations because I was just done. Like, I was like, I'm not going to live like this for the rest of my life. You know, I, there's no way I'm doing this. Yeah. So I just kind of gave up at that point and, um, you know, my world kind of crashed. It was like, you know, there's no hope, there's no light, there's, um, nothing. So that was when the third visit, uh, when I was there, my dad started researching prednisone withdrawal Yeah. because I was on, um, a high dose of prednisone of the oral tablets so my dad started researching about that and he somehow came across a blog of this lady who had like all the same symptoms as me um and he waited a while to tell me because i was really mentally unstable yeah, at the time just... and he didn't know how i'd react uh-huh. but you know he came across an it's an which is international topical steroid addiction network which is the advocacy organization that mm-hmm. raises awareness of this and helps people through it He came across them, so he did all his research, you know, and um, he waited some time to tell me until, you know, I got home and settled in and stuff from the hospital visit. And um, so when he told me, and I watched a video of Dr. Rappaport, which is the leading doctor that pretty much, you know, first came out public about this, I watched this 15-minute video, and I just started bawling my eyes out like because he just like described literally everything everything that had been going on like exact same everything and I just started bawling and like I was like this is it you know like this the this is definitely it Um, yeah so it's like the first time that you actually felt like there was some sort of hope yeah um because you know he in that video, he specifically says everybody 100% heals eventually. And so, you know, just, takes just time. hearing those words was, was like, oh, my God, like, I might actually have a normal life at some point. Yeah. So um, I was so hopeful and I was just, you know, bawling. And then I watched some videos of some of the people that were going through it and I still had no idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah. Um, but I I was so sure of it that I just literally, like, grabbed all of the steroids in my house that I had and just threw everything away, turkey. like, that day. So cold turkey. Yeah. And, well, I mean, uh, eventually one day you just have to stop. Yeah. I mean, um, with topical steroids, weaning off doesn't do much. Okay. So it's usually suggested that it's done cold turkey. Yeah. Um, but I had, I was on oral steroids and topical at the time. So I went, uh, my body went into complete shock when I stopped. I would imagine so. Yeah. What was the reaction? Uh, so the first week and a half, I was literally in a comatose state, like sleeping 23 hours a day. Um, yeah. I mean, I, your, your body's trying to like process that it needs to heal itself. I right. Imagine. And so I hardly remember this period of time because it was quite traumatic, but I just kind of remember my dad 
looking into my eyes with a flashlight to see if I was still responsive. Yeah. I was completely out of it. Um, the rash spread so quickly that I was covered head to toe in what looked like and felt like third degree burns. And I was oozing this lymph fluid. It was just like my sheets were drenched and the whole yeah. house smelled like it. And it pretty much smells like rotting flesh. flesh. Like um, it's completely dehumanizing. And so, yeah, the first week, week and a half, I was in that like comatose state where I had no idea what was going on. I was just like... Yeah. So then that you know, during this time, your parents were just kind of taking care of you, managing your, your uh, I guess, like the, the wounds. I don't, I don't blisters. I mean, it, it's literally like raw skin all over. So yeah. if you imagine sunburn times a thousand. Oh, man. So. Yeah. Literally, it looked like I had no skin yeah. pretty much. It and you weren't. It was completely raw. So before, so prior to going cold turkey, were you aware that this would be like an outcome at all i knew about the side effects but i did not know how bad it was going to be and i um not to say that other cases aren't bad but i do have probably one of the most severe cases yeah out of everyone that has been going through this how many people does this affect do you know well, right now, I know the membership of ITSAN, the advocacy organization, has about 13,000 members. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's you have to figure that there's a lot of people out there that don't know about it and are right. possibly going through it. So, probably a lot more than that. Yeah, the amount of people that get misdiagnosed or, you know, they're just, you know, they're mistreated for so long. And there's, there's even been people that, you know, use... Um, like hydrocortisone over the counter and they go through it or people that use it for like an insect bite for um, longer than like five days and they still get the condition. So, yeah, you know, there's been reported cases of all these things that, you know, just for hmm. itching and yeah. Um, so it, and you can buy this stuff over the counter, yeah, which is scary. And it, it does, it doesn't only happen from the potent ones that you get from the doctor. It happens from, Right. The over-the-counter stuff. Yeah. And well, like it's said, readily it's like, available. Yeah, like you said, it's like the first first thing that doctors go to. Exactly. So anytime a doctor sees any kind of rash, no matter what it is, that is their, you know, solution, which is not, right. you know, doesn't get to the root cause yeah. of the illness. Yeah, and whenever you're applying, especially to children and just growing, you know, anybody that's still growing and developing i mean that's hormone therapy you know what yeah. i mean especially i mean if you, if you think of it like in young uh, young ladies i mean you're giving them testosterone mm-hmm. um which is a, a male hormone uh or i guess i don't know if that's like i guess predominantly male hormone right the, the male driving hormone so i mean that's going to affect the way they grow and develop in in a way for mm-hmm. sure so it's just it's it's what it just doesn't seem like a very good practice to have that be the first solution right and it affects your adrenal glands you know very much which is which you know causes which is responsible for fight or flight response and so that can cause even more stress like i remember uh when i first started tsw i was constantly like super cranky and not just because i was in pain but because 
Yeah. Like all those hormones and everything was completely out of whack. Yeah, well, your sympathetic nervous system was on fire right. all the time. Everything was just, you know, Fight or flight. crazy. And the first, you know, year, 13 months or so was probably the worst. I literally couldn't do anything by myself. I had my parents had to feed me, bathe me, dress me. Um, every day I would literally just scream and cry at the top of my lungs until I would get tired, like tire myself out from screaming and crying. Yeah. And then do it all over, like go to sleep and then do it all over again. And I was pushed into bathtubs to cool the skin down and to prevent infection with like Epsom salt. Yeah. Um, and I would literally spend like eight hours in the bathtub because that was my only relief. Yeah. Like Epsom salt. And uh, did you ever mix any essential oils or anything with that? Or? Yeah. Eventually I started learning about essential oils, you know, so at the beginning I still didn't know anything about, yeah. but, you know, a lot of the natural healing. But as I started to learn, you know, I started implementing more things obviously and, you know, changing yeah. the creams that I was using to Slowly natural stuff. Right. So, um, but the first, the first few months were the most difficult and then the, well, the first year or so was just insane. I would literally like, I mean, I would literally drop to my knees in pain and like howl, yeah. how, how painful it so was. What kind of pain? Is it like a, like a sharp pain or like a burning or? It pretty much feels like you're being burned alive. Oh, wow. Plus you would add ants crawling over you and being stung by a bunch of bees. That's how I would describe oh, it. Shit. Being burned is one of the worst pains to me possible. Whenever I was a young kid, um, I don't know, I couldn't have been more than like four years old, I, I stuck my hand on um, like a space heater. I don't know. It was just in this house. They had these old space heaters, and you, I touched it, and um, I don't know what degree, maybe second, if second for sure, maybe third, but I just, my whole hand was just, it hurt so bad. And ever since then, like that has always been the worst pain to me in my whole life, just being burned. So basically imagine like. that times a hundred. All over your all body. All over your body. Oh so from head gosh. to toe. So yeah. every time I would like even ease into the Epsom salt baths, I would be screaming because you're putting salt and salt water on, the, yeah, like on, on open, open wounds. Wound. Yeah. Right. So it was just very painful. But but then, you know, five minutes, ten minutes after I was in the bath, it was soothing and it felt better. So I would stay yeah. in there and I would literally, you know, eat meals in the, in the yeah, tub because that was stuff. the most tolerable place yeah. do you ever do any cold immersion has that has that done anything for you have you tried that i've tried it but no it just it didn't really didn't really no. help at all i've pretty much tried everything under the sun um yeah <laughs> most yeah things. um i've i mean i've done a ton of different diets and you know supplements and all these different things over the last four and a half years. But um, right now I'm doing traditional Chinese medicine. So I've started um, that treatment. That's one thing that I haven't tried, which is actually very fascinating. Yeah, tell um, me about that. Herbal medicine. So um, I just started about a month ago, so I mm -hmm. haven't had the chance to see progress yet. Okay. Um, I've, we've already had to change my formula three times because yeah. the first... Um, 
two times that I did it, it actually made my arm a lot worse because it was too much for my body. Okay. My body's still very sensitive and not very strong. And so um, I just got my new one yesterday. So I just started it yesterday, which is milder herbs, um, both topically like a compress and then internally. Yeah. So um, hopeful that this is going to be... You know this, this is gonna help yeah have you seen any sort of um has has there been any like particular diet that's been better for you um any foods that you've noticed that have, that have caused certain reactions for you or uh, kind of what's your diet like now so i'm one of the people in tsw that has not noticed any um change with diet no relation from diet change no. So I've tried like protective diet, low histamine diet. I went vegan for like two years. Um, I did a candida cleanse. Um, so I did like all of these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it never seemed to make a difference. And obviously I do know that diet still makes a difference. Yeah. Even if I don't see it on my skin. Yeah. But, you know, I know that it's, it's a factor. So um, I... Pretty much, I don't limit um, a bunch of stuff now. I eat very little gluten, um, not much at all, really. Um, I pretty much just eat clean, mostly plant-based, no processed foods, no sugar. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Just it doesn't have to be complicated. Clean. Yeah. Yeah. People try doesn't... to make it very complicated, you know, throw a label on yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're eating mostly plants, you know what I mean, um, whole exactly. food. Exactly. Um, not, you know, cut out all the, the processed foods and the, you know, the, the sugars and, um, sugar is a huge, huge thing. And it's like the most addictive drug. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. So we have, you know, and so many people, I, when I did, you know, I felt like I had yeast overgrowth at some point. So I did a whole, you know, cleanse on that and that seemed to help a little bit. Um, yeah like improve my energy levels even and um, my sleep yeah. and everything. But it, it, it does make, you know, a difference. But it for my skin, it just hasn't. Yeah, it just hasn't had any sort of effect as far no. as that. But, yeah, I just wasn't sure if, like, maybe, yeah, like there are other effects, like maybe like your energy. Like you just felt better just from, like, one particular way of eating. Um, or, you know, if, if you were eating, say like just a ton of bread, for example, and that, and maybe that just caused a certain reaction with your skin. Um, and then if you maybe notice a difference with cutting out a certain food. Well, I was, um, I was diagnosed with celiac disease like years ago, like 10 years ago. So you've been, you've been gluten free for quite some time. Right. Um, but I actually discovered that I don't actually have celiac disease. So it was the steroids causing causing that gluten intolerance causing like the test to be because i did um i went to two doctors and two doctors said i had it and then another two doctors said i didn't have it yeah so i actually tests are funny don't now but when you're in that state of constant inflammation tests Mm -hmm. will come up with false positive too so it's kind of interesting same with allergy testing like it's pretty useless during tsw because your body is pretty much sensitive to everything when you're in a flare of TSW because your IgE levels are super high. So 
doing allergy testing pretty much just gives you a bunch of false positives that you're not really allergic to, but yeah, at that time while you're flaring, yeah, you know, that's actually a common response for a lot of people, believe it or not. Yeah. So if you have, for example, say like you eat eggs every day. And then you take one of those tests, it could show that you have um, like an intolerance to eggs. For, yeah. But that's just because that it, you're, you're going to have that in your bloodstream because you're eating that all the time. Right. So it can give you a lot of false, like false positives as far as um, what's really happening. Yeah. my, You know what the interesting thing is? Uh, last week I was talking to my traditional Chinese medicine uh, practitioner mm-hmm. uh, over the phone. And her, she works with one of my old dermatologists that actually treats TSW in um, Chicago that I used to go to. But they kind of work together on treating some TSW patients. And he came out with a webinar that talked about a little bit about diet and foods. And she also said the same thing to me on the phone. She said, we, th- we think that... Um, in about 90 to 95% of people with any kind of skin condition, diet makes no difference at all. Hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. It is interesting. Because typically you would think that, but the way that the webinar that he did was a lot about um, the barrier of your skin. And essentially what he was conveying was that you first get a skin reaction and then you might develop an allergy because your skin is broken and your barrier is broken and then something can get into your body. Well, what if you're having a reaction from a food and it's from the inside out? Well, and that... And then that's just, that, that would be a symptom manifesting right. from the inside out. So there are true allergies, yeah. obviously. I mean, but like, you know, their opinion is... And from what they've seen in their patients is that it doesn't... Yeah. Um, and this is a highly respectable dermatologist. He went to Harvard, and he actually um, practices alternative medicine as well. So he kind of yeah mixes both Western and alter- alternative medicine. So it was kind of interesting because, you know, you're always taught that, you know... I mean, obviously, if you have an, al- an allergy, you're going to avoid the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't have many allergies. Um, so, you know, there's no, like certain foods the only thing that i know for sure can be a trigger for me is stress yeah so that's the only thing that i've yeah you know and it, and it's it's really difficult to manage tre- stress when you're in a situation like this because yeah. the physical the pain and everything causes yeah, the stress and then the stress causes the yeah. you know and it's a vicious cycle right. that it's hard to get out of you know this yeah. like negative feedback loop that is difficult to get out of so um but i know that's one of my main my main um triggers as far as skin goes and not necessarily that it actually causes a flare uh-huh. because like a flare kind of just happens it doesn't yeah there's no there's no rhyme or reason really it just kind of happens um, but it can definitely make it worse like i notice when i get super anxious or if i get angry or something my face will turn like bright red yeah out of nowhere you know just because i'm stressed out because Mm -hmm. it i've always told um even the tcm practitioner and like my dermatologist i'm like i feel like my body is in constant fight or flight mode 
like probably since I was a child too because of like yeah. the traumatic events that I went through. Yeah. You know, that's not a fun feeling to be in all the time. No, and I do have I have to say um the going through TSW has been another huge trauma um and a const chronic one in that, you know, more yeah. complex as well. So uh, I have, you know, I used to be a very social, outgoing person. I always had to be around people and didn't like being alone. You know, I was always afraid to be alone. And actually, it was to the point that it was really unhealthy because I was codependent. um, And I would get into these toxic relationships with people, um, which was not healthy, obviously. But, you know, the social part of me was I was very extroverted and would go out and have fun. And then throughout TSW um it's kind of weird because when I lost my hair in TSW um which was during the first year so like month two I lost all my hair I for the first like year or two I would go outside and I I didn't care what people thought you know I would go out bald with you know like a scarf on my head and my face red and I didn't care what people thought yeah and then suddenly like you know, three, four years into it, it was like a flip just kind of switched inside of me. Yeah. And now I'm like scared. It's hard for me to even like go to the store mm-hmm. to, you know, talk to people like even like this. It was like, I was so nervous about this, you yeah. know, like yeah. I just get nervous about everything. I have a constant, you know, it's like my body is in constant like panic mode. And, yeah. You know, expecting the worst to happen and kind of catastrophizing. Yeah. So, why do you think that? What do you think caused that switch? Do you have any any thoughts? I honestly, I don't know. I mean, growing up, you know, having bad skin, I was always like, I would go to the store and people would be like, "What is wrong with your face?" and like point it out. Yeah. And those things kind of stick with you. Um, and you know, I was bullied in bullied in school, and I mean, I had some you know, relationships where I was emotionally abused. So, you know, that all decreases your self-worth and self-esteem. So I don't know what caused the switch. I wish I knew, to be honest, I've been trying to figure it out myself because I'm very, I'm very self-aware of the things that my mind does, but I can't quite stop the reaction of some things. So I don't know what caused the switch, but it completely made me, you know, introverted and like scared to go outside and yeah you know logically i know that if i go outside it's not like everybody is staring at me but that's what my mind and body you feel feel like everybody's looking at you in this moment yeah Um, super overwhelming right was that kind of uh the the beginning of uh i don't know maybe like a faster faster down spiral which kind of led you to like those like that year where you you know, you were checked into the hospital. Was that kind of the beginning of that for you or? Um, so that was, that was before TSW. So. Oh, that was before TSW. Yeah. So my timeline is a little off then. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is like in the last two years that it has gotten worse again. Oh, okay. So actually okay. when I, follow I you now. when I started TSW, I actually got, I became a lot more positive and I completely changed as a person like 180 degrees. Like I was completely different from having experienced this uh, you know being 
pretty much trapped between four walls and just yourself mm-hmm. you do you do a lot of inner work yeah <laughs> you know like <laughs> always thinking you're you're faced with you know your darkest parts of yourself and you have no choice oh my god and you have to process it you know you're you're kind of stuck and it it was a blessing and curse at the same time yeah Um, you know i learned how to be alone and to enjoy my own company but now it's to the point where i'm like scared to be around so there there needs to be more of a balance (laughs) yeah that's the hard part right now you know yeah so that you know that's what i'm struggling with now and you know, I do like things like this, even, you know, doing this. Yeah, I think doing this things podcast like this podcast kind of pushes YouTube me channel. out of my um, comfort zone. And yeah. then I, I feel better after doing it because I'm like, oh, I accomplished, you know, something. Yeah, it's like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's never as bad as I think it's going to be. It's just yeah. my mind is constantly like. Yeah, our minds will do that. Um, they play tricks on us. Yeah, you can't believe everything <laughs> that you think, which That's is such crazy. a weird thing to to think about right because i mean not all of our, I, I mean i believe that like you know we have these thoughts but like not all of those thoughts are are i mean you because sometimes i mean i have this problem of uh negative self-talk yeah i'm very i'm very type a i'm very i'm very hard on myself I'm like adam man you're fucking slacking you need to That's do more me too. you needed to get you needed to get it together you didn't exactly. do enough exactly yeah so i've been working on that and just trying to be better about it so it, I, I try to keep in perspective that not all of those thoughts are me. I'll, I'll tell myself I'm slacking, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm slacking. So I try. Right. I just it you just gotta put those to the back, you know, in your head. Yeah, and discredit those. And I mean, you're kind of the way I see it. You know, like you said, your thoughts aren't really necessarily um, your thoughts. I guess is the best way to say it. You're kind of the observer of those thoughts. Yeah, you can um, be the observer. That's you know that's the power right. that you have, right? You can right. step back and you can observe that. Like, why am of, I thinking that? You kind of learn that through you know meditation and mindfulness and things like that. And those are things that like saved my life during yeah. this entire um, journey. Is doing things like that and you know meditating and self-reflecting and so meditation is kind of something that you've incorporated yeah absolutely absolutely i started it like the first year and i started with um just doing like guided meditations you know on youtube and stuff and then yeah you know now i just kind of do it on my own and it's really difficult to do when you're like super itchy and in pain and you just want to like crawl yeah out of your body but um you know even like five minutes a day is you know like it it can change your brain and rewire your brain absolutely absolutely um do you so when you meditate um how do you like to meditate like what do you do do you set like a timer and just try to sit in a room or what's what's your practice with it um so usually i try to do a morning meditation i think those are really important um but not i don't do it for a long time in the morning maybe like 10 15 minutes so I usually put some binaural beats on. Um, okay. I love them. So uh, I usually put some beats on and just kind of meditate however much I feel I need to, I guess. I guess I just kind of do it intuitively. Like I don't yeah. use a timer or anything um, just to kind of get myself into a headspace. And then I pretty much end up going to sleep meditating at night too like yeah. like i kind of do a meditation when i'm laying down and then go to sleep right after and that helps me sleep yeah so that's 
Yeah, that's a good much. practice for sure. I mean, it, and it doesn't take much, really. I mean, 10 no. minutes isn't, isn't very long, and it's a good no. way to prime yourself for the day. Yeah. For sure. It, it helps. So that was one of kind of the that was one of the uh first things that you started incorporating once you started learning more like holistic methods. Is that was that well, or what was your introduction to yeah. just the more holistic path for you? So actually Kratom um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I want to talk about so Kratom. So we were going to talk about that anyway. So yeah. I started in 2014 when I started TSW, I started researching different alternative methods for, you know, um, topical use, internal use. Um, I was trying to get off of a bunch of my prescriptions because I was on, like I said, like 10 or 11 prescriptions at once. Yeah. So I started, you know, researching different things. And um, a friend of mine told me about Kratom and said, you know, maybe this will help your pain. Um, So I researched it because... You know, at that when I started TSW, I got paranoid about what I'm putting in my body. So now yeah. I'm like, I have to research everything before I, you know, absolutely use it. Um, which I think everybody should do in general. But, yeah, you should know um, what you're putting in your body. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, but that was um, and on your body a lesson hard learned <laughs> for me. You know, through unfortunately a tragedy, but it still brought me to where I am now. Um, so yeah, I, my friend told me, you know, you should try it. And I ordered a sample online from like a trusted vendor. And I remember I was like literally in the bathtub when I tried it because I was like spending most of my time there. (laughs) So, um, my mom brought it to me and, uh, I just drank it, it with water. Um, and I felt like a mood lift, you know, and to be honest, Kratom has never helped with my pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I have kind of a weird body where my body like doesn't react to medications and herbs the way most other people do. Okay. I don't know why I have a high tolerance to everything and some things just don't work. So, but anyway, that was kind of like the first introduction that was pretty early in my TSW journey. So I started after, um, you know, Kratom didn't help my pain, but it helped my mood. Yeah. And then, you know, when your mood is better, you're able to deal with the pain better. Right. So that's basically, you know, the biggest way that it helped me and um, helped a little bit with anxiety and just the mood in general, the depression and things like that, that I was feeling from going through the condition. Just a little bit of uplift. Yeah. So that's pretty much what the introduction was. And then, you know, as I started getting, uh, as I started getting more and more fascinated with Kratom and being in the Kratom community, you know, on Facebook and stuff like that, uh, then I got to learning about other herbs and, you know, just started studying a bunch of stuff and trying a bunch of stuff. And, um, I am down to uh, one prescription now. Oh, nice. So, and I'm actually not even happy that I have to take that one, of course. But, well, I mean, you know, if you consider you where to, you're, you know, along the path. Right. You know, I even was able to away. get off my seizure medications uh, two years ago. So this, my neurologist said that my seizures were most likely caused because I was over-medicated yeah. and the psychological issues that I was having. So it was just an effect of one of the So other even he said that it was 
pretty much from the medication and my mental state because you can have seizures from you know psychological um, issues since I was so depressed at the time so as soon as I started um, TSW I stopped having seizures so that was interesting Hmm. and stopped having um, kidney issues I stopped getting sick Um, I would still get skin infections obviously because my skin was like yeah, it's exposed. Uh, completely exposed to everything. Yeah, so I would still get skin infections, but the other things I had, like, you know, the kidney issues and stomach issues, I've, all of that just kind of, like, started going away. Yeah. And I didn't get sick as much. I don't even remember, you know, the last time I was sick. So, yeah. you know, it changed a lot of it. Um, so it seems like most of my health issues were caused by, you know, the steroids and maybe some of the other medication that I was on. Yeah. So, yeah, when I started Kratom, um, started getting off of a lot of um, pharmaceuticals and um, started looking into other herbs. And then I became a pretty big advocate and activist, I guess you could say. Yeah, let's talk about that. In the community. So um, I worked with a few different groups um so first i worked with a group called kratom united and um we did a lot of a lot of calls to action when people you know to try to keep it legal yeah so was your involvement because was it did it start with just educating people or was it in a direct response to for the folks listening they don't know that Kratom was under attack pretty recently, and it still may be. I don't know. You tell me. But um, it was going to be Scheduled 1. Yeah, so in 2000 – so I started taking it in 2014, um, and I already – I started uh, pretty much educating people on it. So that was the main main thing. Just to tell people um, about – At the beginning. And to stop – to try to stop – because the FDA and government has been demonizing it so much and to try to get some positive press out there. So um, in 2016 was when the DEA tried to ban right. it. Right, try to reclassify it as, as a, a Schedule, schedule one. 1 narcotic, right? Saying yeah. that there's no... Um, no medicinal value. Yeah, no medicinal value and it's highly addictive. Yes. Um, but... From my understanding and from my experience, I've I've been using it for sixty days now. I've I've had no personally no negative side effects, and I don't I don't see where there isn't any value for people. Oh yeah, I mean I have met people that literally could walk from a wheelchair from using a wheelchair or a cane or yeah. walker, and they could walk normally now because of you right. Know, and that's why it inspired me so much to you know, be a voice for people. And, you know, with, with my TSW, uh, it kind of created a unique story in the fact that right. it was a little bit different than, right. you know, all the, a lot, there was, there's a lot of focus, you know, on, on addiction and getting off of opiates with Kratom. So, right. and I kind of wanted to, um, show the other benefits of it as well, you know, for, right the help with anxiety and depression and PTSD and the things that I was experiencing. And, um, you know, even topical use is something that's, that 
it's used for. So I did not know that. Yeah. I know. I know people. Uh, you can. I know it'll be uh, in pills. Obviously, they'll put in capsules or um, like powders. People would drink it. Yeah. I didn't know that it was it was topical as well. Yeah, they make like um, soaps and lotions. Oh, that's and cool. It makes sense, right? I mean, I use CBD topically, and it has been game changing. Yeah. So I've, I can I can imagine. I've used it on my skin, but. Um, I didn't really heal it, but it can CBD provide or some kratom. CBD. Okay. Well, I've used both, but yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's pretty much how I got involved in it. And then last year, I helped organize um, a rally in DC, and I think it was June. I unfortunately didn't get to see it in person because I flared really bad. Yeah. Um, so I was working with this nonprofit organization to, and we um, organized the rally uh, together. It was like a few people, and it was an amazing experience. It was so difficult, yeah. um, something I'd never done before. Where were they? Where is the uh, non not for profit located? Were they located in D.C.? No, this was. Um, Who are they? What's their name? National Kratom Coalition. Okay. Uh, they're one of three. Um, biggest advocacy organizations yeah that's cool so it's a big undertaking yeah you know i i was really nervous about it and it's something i had never done before so um organizing a rally is a lot of work <laughs> a lot of work especially in dc yeah so um i was literally pretty much like working like 12 hours a day on this like you yeah. know, trying to organize like speakers and you know getting the equipment and getting the needed donations and you know there's so many so many things to it and I was so 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 sad that I didn't get to make it in person yeah you put um, in all these hours I, yeah I was like crying that entire week yeah um because we did basically what the plan was was we would have the rally one day and then the rest of the week would be lobbying and meeting with legislators and yeah. know, people would go and meet. So they stayed, a lot of people stayed the whole week. Mm -hmm. So I was just like crying at home all week, but you Man. know, I was proud at the same time. Yeah. I mean, at least you were able to, to see it through to the completion, even though you weren't really there. Um, do you think maybe really like the, like the date coming up caused the flare, maybe some like the added uh, stress. It definitely made it worse. Because it's stressful to have an event, you know what I mean? Especially when you want things it to be successful. It definitely made it worse, yeah, because I was putting in a lot of work into it. Um, and, yeah, I was, I mean, I was kind of starting to flare already, but then it just got really bad, and I was oozing from my neck and face and i just there was no way i could yeah. go in person but i think it definitely yeah made it worse to some extent because it was so stressful you know organizing this big thing and are people gonna show up and you know how is this gonna work out and yeah you know it, it was a lot of a lot of work and a lot of organization and then um after that this past year in 2018 Naperville tried to ban it on a city level. Oh, um, so that's the that's city the I grew up that, in. That cities will do right. They'll they'll do their own. Yeah, sometimes you on, on literally don't even get um, like a heads up. Sometimes they just ban just, it, oh. and 
you know. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we got a heads up on this one. So I attended um, meetings with city council members to educate them. Um, and we made like little booklets and stuff to hand out to them. Yeah. And it that was nerve wracking for me because I'd never done anything like that before either. So like You're going to speak it. to lawmakers, I yeah. was like, Oh no, I've never done this before, it but out. it actually turned out great. And it was a great experience and great learning experience for me. And yeah. I taught them a lot about it and they just kind of said, you know what? This isn't really our place, um, you yeah. know, to do this. Um, you know, if the FDA is going to do something, it's, you know, their job, basically. So they kind of just dropped it for now. It's not completely dropped or, you know, tabled, but it's on hold right now. At least for now, yeah. So they're, you know, wanting to see what, what's going to happen federally yeah. and state-wise to, to make any decision. But I do think the meetings definitely helped because every single person that uh, we went to meet with was completely clueless about it and how yeah. much it can help and yeah it's amazing how clueless these uh legislators are and and they'll they'll they're so quick to uh to make a law about something they have no clue about they've never experienced or they don't know anybody who has experienced um it's just it's just so crazy you know what i mean just off of a, a fear that they have you know what i mean or or just a, a just a, a misconception that they have yeah and it's a there's a lot of politics involved, you know. Yeah, so, a lot of big money being spent. I mean, too by obviously, I already knew that before going to those meetings. But when I really went to those meetings and spoke with the mayor and, and things really like understand. that, then I was kind of seeing the inside, and it was like, you know, people sway their votes this way and that way, yeah. no matter what the issue is, and right, you know. Just kind of looking out for their own best interest right. or their party's interest. Or... So you can imagine how it is on, you know, a state and federal level, especially. Yeah. It's even crazier. It's Yeah, it, it is. It's really crazy. Especially, I mean, you they're, they're banning plants, essentially. Right. I mean, that's what's nature. You know what I mean? I mean, for the folks listening that don't know, I mean, Kratom, it's it's in the coffee family. It grows in Southeast Asia. Right. Um, there's a lot of talk because... I forgot because, to mention that. <laughs> uh, no, no worries. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of talk because um, it does attach to the opioid re receptors. So, I guess in a technical sense, you could call it an opioid, right? I would say... Um it is an opioid, but I would call it an atypical opioid. Yeah, because absolutely. Because it doesn't bind to the receptors in the same way that traditional opioids do. Right. Um, traditional being synthetic, by the way. Right. right. Um, and cheese and coffee and chocolate are also technically opioids. They bind to the opioid, opioid receptors as oh, well. Okay. So we don't go and call cheese and chocolate opioids you know right but i mean i would say it is you know an opioid but just an atypical one because it doesn't work in the same way and we just need more research done we need you know human right. studies done right. on it now is it physically it's not physically addictive is it um I... is there some argument there i mean from my understanding you know, physically addictive is like, you know, when, when you stop taking it, are you having withdrawals to where, like, the body needs it? You know, think of, like, you know, like heroin, for example. You know, you get physically sick, and it happens with a lot of opioids, right? You, you stop taking those, so, and you get sick. There is a lot of controversy with this, and a lot of Kratom advocates will tell you, no, it's not addictive at all. It's just like coffee. Um, I would say there's 
definitely a dependency component. Yeah. Um, so, you know, keep in mind, you know, there are, there's a difference between dependency and addiction. Yeah. Uh, but there is definitely people who get very dependent on it and do have withdrawal. Absolutely. Physically. Physically Uh, or mentally? Both physically and mentally, I would say. Yeah. So it would be milder than opiate withdrawal or, Uh you know, synthetic opioid withdrawal. But they would still get some sort of physical reaction, like fatigue or um, pain, well, return of their original pain for starters. Yeah. Um, is that is that an addiction of like the return of the pain or is that just you know the return the, the of the pain of, isn't no right but um, they do there is a lot of people that truly yeah. do get very dependent on it and I mean you can it's de- easy get to dependent do, I think. Yeah. on anything absolutely even like you know Facebook and, yeah you it's know. important to assess your personality but I mean yeah. there there is a cognitive benefit to it I mean. I'll take it. I, I like to take it before podcasting. I'll take um, I don't know, sometimes I'll take like three grams, yeah. and it just it just gives me this heightened sense of uh, like a mental acuity, mm-hmm. and I just feel a little bit sharper. Yeah. And I don't I don't feel uh, I don't feel like high or anything. I just I, I've taken other nootropics before, and it feels pretty similar to those, but it's just a little bit cleaner. Yeah, you know it gives I mean? you that like little bit of energy boost, but right. not like yeah. But know, it's definitely crazy. something that you know if it uh, if you have a tendency towards like depressive traits or anything like that, or if you if you just have an addictive personality, like it does make you feel good. You can feel good from it, so it, right. I, I can see how it's something to where it's like man. Well, but you can do that with anything. You could be gambling. To be honest, I. When I first started it, I took it daily for a year and a half. Okay. So when I got it off, when I got it off of it, um, after a year and a half to take a break, I did feel like crap. Did you? So like a big crash. Yeah, it, I I've been through opiate withdrawal before, so it was not like that. Uh-huh. But it was like I was fatigued and cranky, and so I think there is, you know, physiological and yeah you know psychological and physical component to it yeah Um, so i'm one of the people that does experience it a little bit not like anything crazy like to the point that you know you can't function but yeah it's definitely there There. and i have no idea i'm just speculating it's all anecdotal for me since then um now i always advocate that people should take breaks from it frequently tolerance breaks yeah and uh for example now i don't take it daily i take it maybe a couple times a week okay so uh you know if people have to take it every day it's it's hard for people with chronic pain to take a tolerance break because they're in pain and they need the relief but i highly suggest it and a lot of the people that for example say that there is no dependency um, factor to it are people that have been taking it for like three years straight and never took a break. Yeah. So they don't even, <laughs> yeah. they haven't even, you know, yeah. experienced yeah. it, but it's definitely individual because our body chemistries are so different. So Everybody's some people, different for sure. some people won't feel it. Other people will think it's like coffee. Yeah. 
and other people will have it worse. Yeah, you know? everybody's different. And I guess if you consider, I guess the circumstance, right? I mean, if if it goes, if you went from taking a synthetic opioid every day to taking kratom every day, at least that's a good step, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because um, a lot of people have definitely seen success with kicking opioids and uh, some pain management. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have the answer. I don't, oh yeah. I don't know what the proper dosage is. Um, but there, so are you, are you too familiar with the different strains yeah. of, of Kratom? Could you explain that for the folks? Uh, well, um, so I guess the most important thing is the vein colors, yeah. first of all. So, um, red, white, and green, and there's that little poem that goes, white is for flight, uh, red is for bed, and green is in between. Oh, okay. uh, easy to remember kind of yeah that is so a good one. Yeah. the white strains tend to promote most energy uh green strains would be under that kind of like a more balanced one in between red and uh white yeah and then red would be for bed. um the most relaxation promoting oh, okay. and then you have the different they're named by the region where they come from so like red bali comes from Bali, Bali, obviously, yeah. and, you know, there's Thai and uh, Malay and all these different other yeah. kinds, but it's very, um, a lot of trial and error goes into it because, you know, when somebody's new to Kratom, they're like so overwhelmed by how many different ones they there are, and honestly, um, I think there's too much now, and it's a lot of yeah. marketing tactics, yeah. yeah. because when I first started taking Kratom, you know, five years ago, it was like... Um, you would have like one of like each color or like two of each color. And now it's like, you've got like 10 different greens and 10 different reds. Right. Yeah. You, know, you can you buy know like, what's what. Yeah. And it's, I think uh, a lot of it is like the same stuff and it's marketing. So yeah, that's you know. unfortunate. A lot of things. Um, that's just my but, opinion. I don't know that for a fact, but yeah. um, you know, I've noticed that I could get like two different strains from like one vendor and they're, like exactly the same yeah. so well sourcing is important though right i mean that's one of the big things with creator right? yeah. you want to make sure that you're getting like a good quality source uh, yeah do you have any like recommendations for folks on that yeah so um well i work for a company um yeah you can plug them if you want doing customer service i'm not a sales rep so i don't get like commission or anything but so the company is called top extracts okay and um been around since 2014 and we are almost full um cgmp now so um all according to the guidelines so which is really important and i do think some sort of regulation is probably coming soon for kratom yeah um which is better than probably it's good to have regulation and for the folks listening that don't know cgmp is current good manufacturing practices right right for for any sort of like manufacturing um right which very you know when it comes down to it a lot of vendors don't do that and it's pretty awful you know they're just packaging in their oh, house in you the don't know what's industry. going on oh, yeah and with Dude's um, making protein in their bathtubs yeah, awful awful yeah. and you know it's scary because you you need to know what's what you're putting in your body 100%. so and so top extracts is all lab tested um everything is packaged properly um yeah. we actually use a co-packer so where are they based um in lyle here so okay so they're here, here. here in the chicago yeah. area cool 
I've been using this company, uh, the Urban Ice Organics. I've been. Um, oh yeah, I know the owner of that company. Yeah, I think they're based in Vegas. Um, I've only I'm I'm new to kratom. Uh, six. I've just been trying it for sixty days. I I, I did it consistently for the first um, like thirty days, and then it's just been kind of it's not it hasn't been very consistent these last uh, two mo- or this last thirty days. Just kind of more intermittently, intermittently as I needed it, or as I kind of feel yeah. like I need to pick um, me up. Urban Ice is a really good company, and they're full CGMP, so um, yeah. they're a very good company. I'm not fam- I'm not really familiar with what all is even available. I just I just watched the uh, um, Leaf of Faith. Yeah, the Leaf of Faith <laughs> yeah. documentary. What 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 were your thoughts on that? Um, it was it was a good movie. Are you tired to, of hearing about it? No, I it was I I just have maybe some different opinions than yeah. other people do, so. Um, it was, I'm not like going to, trying to say, you know, negative things, but just in my personal opinion, there's too much focus on, um, addiction and, um, not so much focus on the other benefits of it. So there was a lot of, the majority of the focus of that documentary was pretty much addiction. Um, and, and whether we like it or not, there is a stigma around addiction. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, when, um, for example, a person who used heroin for 10 years, you know, goes into a legislator's office and they're telling them their story and they're like, I was in jail for 10 years and I was shooting up heroin. They're going to look at that person differently, unfortunately, than somebody else who has chronic pain or yeah something else. So... You know, I've I've just been telling people that I think it's important to highlight those other benefits because, you know, the the whole addiction aspect kind of got us into the door. But now it's like, you know, Kratom has so many other great benefits that we should, you know, showcase. And I felt like the movie didn't, you know, didn't highlight those. Didn't highlight those. Yeah. And it also talked about it a lot as um, a drug and... Um, you know, a treatment and a cure, which it's, it's not, it's a supplement. Yeah. Um, and precisely that's what the FDA, you know, has issues with his medical claims and calling it a cure and treat. That's true. Treatment because it's really, it's not, I mean, but is it, it kind helps of, is it kind of with... both for depending on how the person's using it? You know what I mean? Like some people do use it like as medicine. <sighs> They t- is it just is it just the terminology that we use that makes it kind of weird? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um unfortunately it does come down to like linguistics and um like the FDA is very very strict on yeah. you know using the words cure and treat. Right. And you know, you get to this point where it's like we have freedom of speech, so we should be able to say whatever we want, you know. Yeah. If I feel like it treated whatever I should be able to say that. But unfortunately we're in this place where, you know, we could get it taken away. So we kind of have to play by their rules. Yeah. We well, definitely want to be careful with the words that you use. Right. I mean, you don't want people going around selling snake oil. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, it's a fine line. Yeah. It's, and it, it is difficult because, you know, people are like, I want to tell my story, you know, the way it is, because for some people it truly does, um, you know, pretty much help with almost everything yeah Um, well there's a spectrum of benefits right Right. especially depending on the person yeah and it it totally depends like for me it doesn't 
it doesn't do that much to be honest and i guess um like i said it helps with my mood a little bit but as i mentioned before you know i'm i react to a lot of things very differently than most people yeah um it does not do a lot for me Mm -hmm. um it could give me a little bit of energy or um a little bit of a mood boost but like for my severe anxiety and panic things it doesn't touch doesn't that do. at all and it have doesn't you, touch my pain at all really have you ever tried ashwagandha uh, Ashw- ashwagandha i have I don't know, yes even tongue tied on that one and what, i actually what was your experience with that i do love that plant in general yeah. um it's great for uh the adrenal glands as well as sh- and stress yeah and for such. stress and anxiety and but the you. thing with adaptogens in yeah. general for uh, for my condition anyway uh for TSW is you don't want to make your immune system too high yeah because then it essentially can turn into an autoimmune sort of yeah. um thing so it's kind of like itself. a fine balance yeah. um it did help me a little bit with stress but i ended up I stopped taking it because uh, I wasn't sure if it was like potentially making my skin worse or yeah. And it's kind of the same thing with kratom. Um, I've I've been experimenting over the last like year or so. Yeah. Because basically, what happens in TSW is um, steroids close west vessel blood vessels down. Okay, so, so some basal constriction there. Ve- so when you get off of them, there's basal vessel constriction constriction or vasodilation they, yep. sorry mm-hmm. when you get off of them so they the vessels dilate and that's yeah. what causes the so redness and, and the um ooze and everything else that comes out yeah so um and kratom does have some vasodilation properties okay so i started to kind of question is yeah. this potentially making it worse if i take too much you know so i you know i recommended it for my girlfriend and um she 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 dove into the research she likes to research everything i do too (laughs) she's kind of had a little bit of reaction and um, we're trying to figure it out and uh she found out that yeah it it does have like an upregulation on your um on your immune system kratom does and then she found that ashwagandha is a little bit more um it's a little bit more subtle I yeah think. yeah it, it affects your immune system but it's a little bit more immune uh like regulating as for like stabilization right. um less more uh like upregulating, kind of stabilizes it but still i mean anything that's affecting your immune system if you're already having some sort of response right. you know you don't you don't necessarily want to uh play with those things if you don't have to yeah that's kind of the the thing with mine too i can't take things that like boost my immune system too much yeah i have to take more of like the regulators the things that will balance it out more yeah so i have to be careful with that um and right now i do take supplements right now like vitamins and things like that um but right now i'm just pretty much focusing on the traditional chinese medicine yeah and i've been kind of um learning about it and researching it on my own i always look at the ingredients of what i get um, from the practitioner because i'm so interested in it and it is fascinating um i you know i've researched so much stuff over these few years that it's been you know 
life-changing for me because you know and and i can help other people now that yeah. you know people that struggle with anxiety i can you know suggest things and mm-hmm. share what unfortunately even if they don't work for me they they might work for somebody work. else yeah there's right. a lot so, of things out there to try so i've helped you know a lot of people so um that's been kind of one of the th- things too that kind of got me through the whole difficult period is just being able to help other people yeah that are struggling with you know whatever it may be whether it's tsw or some other chronic health condition or depression or yeah you know, anything so kind of found a you know a, a purpose through your pain yeah 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 i have to say the last couple months i've been kind of struggling more so uh uh, last few months have been a struggle since before Christmas. Um, just kind of got in one of those, I guess, dark night of the soul um, yeah. periods where it's I've been more depressed and more anxious. And, you know, a- after you, you just get tired, you know, after you're, yeah. you spend five hours in one room by right. yourself. Yeah. You know, when I started TSW, m- all of the friend friends quote unquote that I had pretty much abandoned me and mm. weren't there so pretty much all I had was my parents and uh it's so it's so alienating and isolating and dehumanizing like when you're having you're looking at you know what's supposed to be skin and it's just like yeah and looks you... like it's rotting away and I literally have issues now, like, to the point that it's become so traumatic that it's hard for me to look at myself in the mirror, and it's hard to, yeah. like, when I go into, like, bright sunlight, it's, like, really difficult for me to look at, yeah, like, so it's created all these new um, fears and, like, traumas, and so, yeah. That's well, and then what I'm dealing with now. And then there's that infamous question that I'm I'm sure you asked a, a probably a thousand times, especially in the beginning, like why, like why is this happening? Like yesterday I was fine, like why today? Like the 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 human body is such a weird thing, you know what I mean? Like you can be so yeah. fine for so long, and then all of a sudden just something pops up. Oh, you have this huge cyst on you know like uh, on your back or something. Like you don't yeah. know. Like just the body just changes. Yeah, and in TSW it's a very um, it's constantly cycling so you could have a period of two or three months where your your skin looks great like nothing ever happened and then all of a sudden it just happens and it's happened to me more times than I can count and that's the most crushing part of it is because when I'm doing better it's like I get a taste of life, yeah. you know, and then it gets snatched away again. Yeah, because, well, how long is this going to last? Part. You know what I mean? And, and this then... current flare that I'm uh, I'm in now has been lasting for over a year straight. Yeah, I saw you said that. Um, which is the longest that yeah. I've ever had. So that's why, I guess, these past couple of months I've been, you know, more depressed and not doing well and... Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't help this time of year. I mean, it's you you see increases in depression anyway. I mean, it's shorter days. I'm sure that Weird, doesn't help either. You know, weirdly, like, prior to this winter, I was actually always doing better in winter. Really? I have no idea. Usually it's supposed to be the opposite with skin conditions. Who knows? But, and I actually do really like, 
you know, fall and winter because uh, I don't handle heat very well with my skin. Okay. And sweating hurts really bad. Yeah. So, like, um, I can't even, you know, work out. Um, I can do, like, like yoga and stuff like that. But I can't, like, do cardio. Yeah, no. Uh, Hurts so bad. Yeah, that's interesting because you know, like sweating is such a is such a healthy process for the it body is. to to release toxins and different things. So, um, I mean, if you can't do that, and I mean, I have sweat a lot, like just naturally, even from just right. pro- de- probably de- detoxing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and when you're sleeping, I mean, there's going to be oh, some yeah. sweat and some evaporation and different things. But you know, like a good heavy sweat oh, from yeah. just like an external force. But like it's that, like so it's painful, you know. I, it feels like literally acid is being like thrown on my skin yeah. when I have, if I like sweat a, a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in between flares, I try to do as much as I can, you know. Yeah. But my body's still, you know, I don't have the endurance. So walking usually, like fast walking too, is what I usually go to. Yeah. You know, walking like five miles a day. Or, yeah. Or whatever, and then doing yoga in the evening and. Yeah. Things you ever like do that. anything like like isolation stuff? Just like just, um, you can even do it with a belt. Just create tension, and there's not a lot of movement, but it's just that flexion where you create tension, and that can help, you know, mimic that resistance training without like with resistance to do a bands lot. yeah you can do it with resistance bands. i was actually about to buy resistance bands yeah. like yesterday yeah. <laughs> on amazon you, you can even do it with like a towel because you don't That's even true. need you don't even need movement you just need to be able to create tension or like you go to a wall like a good st- steady post and like just push into it as hard as you can you're creating all this tension all through your body so it's like it's like creating like a push and, or you can that's, be like you can be like here that's a good idea pushing. actually yeah so it doesn't take a lot of movement and um, it could kind of like release some like yeah yeah and it, negative it, energies yeah it, 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 it is resistance training it's strength training so it uh it'll yeah, help because my body is definitely you know weak um from being in bed for yeah yeah so yeah isometric training it's great for i mean especially for people i'm i'm really into like longevity and sustainability and as as people get into advanced age as we all do we all get older like you have to find a different way to train you can't can't always go as hard as when you were younger yeah i mean so finding different ways to do it it definitely helps and i've i've from what i've learned especially from this guy by the name of steve maxwell he's up in his 60s maybe 70s i don't know how old he is but he um he always preaches a lot about um doing like the isometrics because that tension is just so good for the muscles and it's low impact it's easy for you oh yeah that is i'm actually i'll look into that yeah i might have to um hit you up for some other ideas too when i'm feeling better yeah right now my arm is completely covered so take your time yeah what's the been what's been the longest period um in between your flares um probably three months three months yeah it's not much relief yeah no it usually would be like two or three months and then like five or six months of a flare um and then so on so last year or not the well 2017 it was now i keep thinking i keep forgetting it's 2019 so 2017 i flared from like march to october and then I was fine from October until Christmas. And then two days after Christmas, I just started flaring bad. And then, so it's lasted since then. It's just been this whole, it's gotten over a year now. Like my face and neck 
have gotten better, but it's on my hands and yeah. this one arm is completely like raw and oozing and bleeding and yeah. Just something to deal with, huh? Yeah, I'm hoping this Chinese medicine will help. It's actually helped quite a few people in TSW with this same um, practitioner yeah. that's taken an interest in it. So I'm really hoping that will help. Um, even though I got kind of a negative reaction with the two formulas, it made it worse. Yeah. It still kind of gave me hope because it did something. Yeah. Normally, like, the herbs that I've taken Just in nothing. the past and tried, it was like, nothing happened you yeah. know so this gave me hope that at least you know my body's reacting to it and it's trying to do something right so yeah it's just a matter of you know traditional chinese medicine has so many different herbs and right combinations and stuff so it's just a matter of like getting the formula right and yeah well the human body is a um it's an amazing thing and it, it you is. know it's always trying to find homeostasis in in its own way and uh yeah, I mean, for thousands of years, you know, humans have been using plants and different, you know, oh, yeah. natural remedies to heal themselves. So everybody's different. It's just kind of finding what works for you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I can't even, I'm amazed at how much my body has gone through and that I'm still here. And I don't have, I mean, like scarring or anything like that from it. Like the bottom half of my body has been healed for like two years and it's like nothing happened oh yeah and but it's just amazing to see like i've shed so much like skin i couldn't even tell you like yeah you know it's been like <laughs> like a snake like yeah. shedding like every just, single day and like so much shed and you just when you're in that like horrible state you feel like it's never gonna end but then it does and then you're like wow like the like, body whoa. is amazing yeah. like it's Coming, yeah. It comes back from some pretty rough stuff, yeah. you know? Well, one day this will all just be a memory. Yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting for that day really anxiously now. Yeah, I've, yeah. Well, you're, you're helping a lot of people in the meantime, right? I mean, you're, trying to, you're yeah. talking and you're lobbying and, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of yeah. people really appreciate that for sure. And I appreciate you sharing your story. I mean, it's definitely, I'm sure, not an easy story to share. No, it's not. I usually cry. It's surprising I didn't cry today, but yeah, I no. usually cry. You when said you're so nervous before it. this. Everything's just been super chill. It's been such a good conversation. Yeah, I uh, I get nervous about literally like everything. <laughs> so yeah, understandable. It's hard, but thank you for letting me um share my story here and. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm just the space to talk about. It's been so great. Yeah, it's everything. been great, like learning from you and just hearing it all. Um, I'm gonna turn the floor over to you. Um, anything that you want to like, just promo, plug, uh, direct people to uh, websites or you know your YouTube page. Anything that you just want to share with the folks? Um, pretty much just, I guess, if you want to get in direct touch with me, I don't know if you can link yeah, yeah all I'm, my stuff. i have show notes i'll put all, all the links yeah in there. so yeah. um so like i'll put a link in there for nina Iden, um most people don't know how to spell it so <laughs> if you put it in there um so i guess just my profile on instagram um people can reach me directly there and then um for information about tsw you can go to www.itsan.com, I-T-S-A-N, no, dot .org, sorry, I-T-S-A-N.org. So for anybody that 
is using topical steroids, I would check it out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and um, if you're looking for kratom, lab-tested kratom, topxtracts.com. Yeah, I'll put that we in the do, show notes. We do um, sell, it. despite the company name, we actually sell regular powder and regular capsules, not extracts. So. Okay. But, yeah, it's all lab-tested, pure. It's an awesome company. The owner is an awesome guy, and so... Awesome. There you go. That's everything. That's about it. That's about it for now, yeah. huh? That's about it. Hey, thank you so much, Nina. Thank you. All right, everybody.